you got light. Don't wait till it's dark to ask questions. check the signs, symbols, hints, clues. The writing's on the wall, but it's up to you. Expansion team dilated people's crew. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Expansion Team Podcast. This is Scoops. I'm here with Max and Juan. What's going on? How's everyone doing? We're here. What up, though? Lakers are back, though. Like what? We back like bra straps. Yes, sir. All right, so let's go ahead and start with uh, NBA hot starts and cold starts. You want to start one or you want me to start? Go ahead. The Pistons are 4-0. and Are you buying it? Being the East. New so I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> and all jokes aside, though, I think they can keep it up. They look like a really good team. 82 and 0? Is no. that the hot take? No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh sorry. Who you been impressed Pound with? Pound down your fist and tell them, Max, they're going to go 82 and 0. Or 81 or 82 games? 82 games. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, no. Who you been impressed with? Both of you guys. Blake Griffin. Yeah. Blake Griffin. He's playing like Oklahoma Blake Griffin when he first came out. Like, real talk. He's he's out here, like, dribbling the ball through, like, guards. And this dude is he's, doing everything. He's led the Pistons in assists twice. And I think yeah. that just opens up their game. letting Because Reggie Jackson, I don't think, is a great point guard. I think he has good skills as a guard. But distributing is not really his main thing. And I think Blake Griffin's been long underutilized as a ball handler and playmaker. Really seen the like the... Blake Griffin, Point Blake. That's yeah. That's the best way to call him, Point Blake. If you rewind to the draft that year, I mean, the one thing I remember hearing about Blake Griffin is that this guy, Blake Griffin, can just grab a rebound and go coast to coast and dribble with, with ease and go through the whole defense easily. I agree with all those sentiments. Um, 4-0, we'll see how long they can keep it up. If they keep it up for a long time, then most of the credit is going to go to their best player, Blake Griffin, and towards uh, – the new head coach they got, Dwayne Casey. About Drummond. Uh, they've been doing a lot of pick and rolls with Blake and Drummond. And honestly, Drummond slips a good amount and just rewards them with easy dunks. And Drummond still is not a guy you can throw the ball down to and just expect 20 points. But he's been playing with energy. He's been, he shot three. He's been shooting threes. I don't know if you guys have seen. And it's I mean, it's atrocious. He can't shoot for shit. Do you but think, I like that he's trying. Do you think the Dwayne Casey switch has rejuvenated some players in this team? I wouldn't say rejuvenated. I just think he maximizes them better. And I think Stan Van Gundy didn't really – I didn't think he was that great a coach. I never thought he was. But Dwayne Casey, coach of the year last year, and he's really translating that success over to the Pistons. They're 4-0. We're good. <laughs> he said we're good. One drop of water, ball. That's what that sound was. Don't edit that out. No, nah, but one thing I've noticed is – Blake Griffin is very healthy. I didn't think he was that healthy. Like, he's he's not looking like Lob City Blake Griffin as far as that athleticism, but I didn't think he had that much left in the tank. He looks more spry than he has in a long time. And honestly, the key to their system is going to be keeping Blake healthy. He hasn't played a full season in quite some time. He played 60 games last year. He missed a chunk of the season. Towards the end, he got shut down with a bad ankle sprain. We'll see if he can stay healthy. That's the Pistons' key. Reggie Jackson hasn't been healthy. Uh, Blake Griffin hasn't been healthy. They just lost Luke Kennard for three weeks. He messed up his shoulder. And maybe we'll get something out of Stanley Johnson. He hasn't been doing much. But I like Stanley. Always did coming out. It's Kennard. Stop. (laughs) It's Kennard. Oh, my bad. Keep it. (laughs) All right. uh, Now Toronto, 6-0. Danny, you're the North. I... Did you guys see the Toronto Raptors 2016 the six, NBA champions? Drake, baby. 
Did you guys? <laughs> hey, did you guys see Kawhi Leonard's no look steal? Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome to see. That you guys just, think that was like literally like IQ, or was he like that just was diving just to dive? Just no, the ball, no, 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 no. The ball came in his hand. No, he looked, saw, was anticipating the guy was going to make the pass. Immediately turned around and just grabbed it. You think if, he slipped and he just wanted up being on top of the ball? If he looked, then it's not no look. Okay, but he anticipated it. Well, still you looking. When you throw a no look pass, you obviously look before you look away. Okay, then. So it's a new the no look steal is a new thing. All the kids are going to be talking about. <laughs> no, because that's incredibly All hard right. to do. Next time I see a pass go my way, I'm turning my head to pick it off. That's right. No, nah, I, I like it. I like Kawhi. He's looked pretty good. He's getting his legs back under him, and Toronto's got depth, man. They really do they got do. guys they can throw. My boy Pascal Siakam is playing well. He's starting. Honestly. I think Jonas Jonas Valanciunas minutes are going to go down the more this season progresses. I mean, he's just not a fit in today's NBA. They're still overpaying for Ibaka, but he can give them some value. But it's hard to see what their ceiling might be. Ibaka can at least spread the floor. Yeah, their ceiling. Valanciunas is starting to be able to shoot threes. He's starting to try at least because he realizes that too. That's true. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he's always going to struggle in pick and roll defense because he's just slow footed and he's big. But mm-hmm. their ceiling looks like to be one of the what three best teams in the East. I agree with you though, Max. I think I'm not saying he has no value. I think he could be a he could be decent off your bench. Maybe, but maybe Ennis Cantor role for yeah, like the Thunder, super six man. But you know, but I mean, even at times though, Ennis was unplayable in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's why. So. Um, yeah, and I like their depth at the the guard position too. They've had those guards there for a long time, guys like Norman Powell, Delon Wright. You know, I like Delon Wright. Yeah. Uh, your boy Fred Van Fleet, mm-hmm. Kyle they, Lowry. They've had a lot of depth at the at the shooting guard. How do you say his name? Fred Van Vliet. No, Kyle Lowry. Kyle He's, Lowry. I saw a video. He's like Kyle Lowry. <laughs> that was stupid. But and I then liked it. having the defense of Danny Green and yeah. Kawhi, OG and Anubi. Mm-hmm. They. Toronto really looking like a team not to be messed with. I mean, besides Kawhi, I mean everyone knew what this team was capable of. They've this is what their fourth straight year of having a really good start to the season. Yeah, I mean, but to be honest, I mean they've been good. You can totally see the difference Kawhi is yeah. compared to Demar Derozan. Oh, and Demar has been balling. He's definitely been having a great start to the year. So it looks like I mean it looks like they're they're gonna go through the East pretty pretty easily right now out of Boston, Toronto. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Philly, and Philly. Who finishes? Order those teams in playoff standings. Boston one, probably Toronto two, Milwaukee three, Philly four. I see there being a slighter chance of Boston because of the talent, because of you know Gordon Hayward coming back, and there's there's going to be even just the littlest bit of conflict when it comes to minutes, I see there not being as much conflict in Toronto. I see Toronto going first. So what's, what order the four, though? Toronto first, Celtics second, um, Philly third, Milwaukee four. I'm going to go Milwaukee one. I'm I'm so serious about it. I really believe in Coach Bud. Uh, Milwaukee one. Two would be Toronto. Three would be Boston. I'm going to – I honestly think – the Sixers are going to finish in like the fifth or sixth seed. I think they're going to struggle this year, but I'll put them four, for just out of those four teams. I hate to say it about Philly, but I don't. 
I know you got to give this kid some time. You got to give him some playing time. As of right now, Markel Fultz has not looked the best. But to be honest, he looks a lot better with the ball in his hand than playing off the ball. And to be I mean, the only he, thing I see that kid have is literally that little pull up from from mid range by like the free throw line. The fifteen That's foot his game. pull up shot. That's all yeah. he has. That's the best his game looks. And as far as that, I mean, I don't think the kid's gonna be that bad. But if you want to be a top seed, I think. He needs to be better than not bad. I mean, the one, not even that. They need to play someone else. The and one, it's gonna, they're yeah. gonna struggle like that. The one thing he like they need in their lineup that is not provided by him is just floor spacing. That's JJ Redick. Yeah, and that's really it's gonna it's been haunting them this whole year is just no floor spacing. And beat and looked pretty good. Not gonna lie, Simmons looked Ben Simmonsy, but well, I just said that. Uh, but they've really just struggled. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They've just lost some games that you normally win. I know Ben Simmons has missed some games due to back tightness, but then again, it's still early. They really caught fire. It last is small. Year at it the is end a small year. sample size. Yeah, and they're so a young still team. a lot. They're, they're still they're still going to make the playoffs. All these teams are going to make the playoffs. I just think at the end of the day, Boston's going to be number one. I think they have way too much talent not to be. Bless you, Danny. Thank um, you. One other team I want to talk about: the Denver Nuggets. They're four and one. Who was that one lost to? Lakers, baby. Lakers. We back like broad straps. <laughs> NBA champs. Nah, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> you know, I really can't stand Jamal Murray, even though he is a very good player. I was so happy when Lonzo picked this pocket because of the shit he did last year. Mm-hmm. Jokic is really playing. You think like, Rondo read your article? I hope so. That lit a fire under his ass? I hope it lit a fire <laughs> under everyone's ass. I mean, Kuzma's definitely lit a fire under his ass. You know, oh, somebody man. believed in him to start. I'm so serious. Josh Hart is the best option at the two the Lakers have right now. He's better defensively than KCP. I think so. You going with that? Yeah, definitely. I think he's got more talent, but overall, I think KCP is just a little better on that end just because the years of experience. Mm-hmm. But honestly, KCP has been playing some really uninspiring basketball. I know we're getting a little off topic with the Lakers, but we're just talking about that matchup between Denver and L.A. It was a great game. But going back to Denver, Will Barton getting hurt is going to slow down their start. There's no doubt about that. He's one of their best offensive pieces. Jokic has looked like a monster. It's so fun to watch their offense because it's really, it really runs through Millsap and Jokic, like all the playmaking. Because Jamal Murray's more of a scorer. You know who Gary mm-hmm. Harris is kind of low key reminding me of? Just more of an offensive um, Avery juggernaut. Bradley. No, not really. I'm thinking of more like a Mike Conley, as far as like not really his game, but as far as, like, what people look at him throughout the league. Oh, um, just vastly yeah, underrated, quiet Not, not his game, no. They don't, they're don't. Oh, they yeah, different yeah. games. But I'm just saying, as far as a league-wide of knowing who Gary Harris is, he's kind of like Mike Conley back in the day, how Mike Conley was consistently putting up these numbers, but he played in Memphis. Quiet and, guy. Yeah, really. the Grizzlies were really good, too. And, I mean, I, I do think the Nuggets are going to be pretty good this year in the West. Danny, you have a soft spot for the Denver Nuggets. What say you? I do not have a soft spot for the Denver Nuggets. I actually do not like the Denver Nuggets. And I saw maybe, you eating chicken nuggets two days ago. Maybe I'm alone in, in this stop, but I do consider them somewhat a rival just because of all that all that happened with Jamal Murray and, you know, uh, how many times we played them and then being in the West. Um, but, yeah, I think whenever we do, the Lakers do match up against um, the Nuggets, there will be majority what we can do to stop Jokic, which is, I mean... Just ja- JaVale McGee and Jonathan Williams had no shot in hell stopping him last night. Because we're thin. Yeah, we're thin when it comes to centers. He's crafty as hell. 
There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And he can really shoot from the outside. Defensively, he's still a liability in the terms of if he gets switched on the pick and roll. Because we saw what Lonzo did. With Lonzo's only shot he ever has from outside is that little che- like cheesy step back shot. Yep. But... I mean, he the Nuggets are putting him in positions to succeed this year. They're having him hedge more and stuff like that. I really think they're doing a great job. Everyone, I have a lot of people tell me Jokic is their favorite center in basketball, and they think Jokic is the best center in basketball. And I always reply back, I like my centers to play a little bit of defense. My favorite center is Anthony Davis. Yeah. Period. Whoever said he's the, they're the best center. Slap they must but not watch those are, the NBA. Yeah, but those are people that are still old-fashioned and consider Anthony Davis a power forward, even though he does play center. Yeah. Get with the times, guys. Bro, there's no such thing as a center. There's no such thing as positions no more. It's front court, back court. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, if you were going to rank the players in Denver, like the, their starting five, who's like the most important guy? Jokic. Then who? Gary Harris. Then who? Jamal Paul Millsap. I go with I'm with one right now. I think Jamal Murray's four, and then um, Will Barton's five. But I mean, they're all important. There's no doubt. But I just think those those three defense just yeah. unlocks everything. Gary Harris. That's what I'm saying. Like Mike Conley was really good because they've never had a problem putting the ball in the cup, but they've had a problem stopping people. And Paul Millsap, because people like, as bad as Jokic was last year, let's not forget Paul Millsap missed a chunk of the season for wrist surgery. Yeah. Him being there is like he's a perfect front court partner. And they got hot at the end when he started playing. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. That's um, when they really started going on the, that run. How old is Gary Harris? 24. Oh, nice. He's young. He's really underrated, man. I, yeah. He's really He's good. lethal from outside. And honestly. And he's really good defensively. Real, just really quick about the Nuggets. They got so much young talent. They got that guy, Torrey Craig. I don't know much about him. I've been researching him lately. He he was playing solid defense for them. Is that the kid that. He started. In G League? No, he, he, uh, I believe he did play some GJ last year, but he started for them at the three instead of Will Barton. And they got that guy, Monty Morris, who was killing the league. Monty Morris, that's, that's the you're thinking. guy. Yeah, he he only played one uh-huh. game last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went off for 20 points. I know it's one game, but he was looking great. Trey Lyles has really stepped up. I know Danny likes Trey Lyles. That's not, I'm not, their no, bench no is shot. not bad. You like Trey Lyles, right? Yeah. Herm yeah. Gomez, their bench is not bad. That's what I'm bad. saying. I they like Trey Lyles, little, too. They run that little big lineup with, with their bench. And you, you think Trey Lyles is more of a three or four? I think he's more of a four. That's what I think, too. But Don't they, forget they, about Plumlee, too. Yeah, but I mean, they consistently play him at the three, and he can do it. In but Utah, I, didn't they play him at the four? Yeah, I'm just. it's just crazy to me that he's having so much success at the three. I hate Plumlee, but uh, he's he's a solid player. I love Guancho because his name's Guancho. Yeah, he's a good backup, but I mean, just not you know, a starter. He's just a crybaby, you know. He did dunk Javale McGee. That was pretty embarrassing for Javale. <laughs> what about Guancho? I like Guancho too. He's good. I like he's, his best name in basketball. Juan Gomez. Guancho. He's not the best yeah. name in basketball. Sarcasm, guys. Learn to pick it up. <laughs> wow, man. All right, now that we're done talking about hot teams, let's go ahead and talk about the cold starts in the NBA. Hold on, I have a really good one right here. Houston, we have a problem. Ah, oh, how creative. I know. Ah. Sorry. Fucking dumbass. Speaking of Houston. <laughs> speaking of Leave Houston, that in. They're one and four. Might this be the dreaded mellow effect? <laughs> he had 24 yesterday. Big Ooh. news. Guess what the score was. Did they win? They lost by 20. Of course. I got a, I got a notification on my phone. It said mellow looking like starter mellow. Oh my God! I hope so. I hope Fuck they go one and eighty-one. Man. To be honest, they didn't have Chris Paul or James Harden, but still, he's he's not that good. Uh, what do you think is going on in Houston? They have a problem. Stop! <laughs> All their defense left, and then they added Melo. Yeah, that's a 
Hall of Fame type caliber player. Says the mass NBA fans. Oh, yeah. Honestly, Houston just looks like a team playing really uninspired basketball. That's what it is. They're not giving the crap on defense. Offense is, I mean, it's stagnant, but that's what they do, and they're just not hitting their shots. I mean, that's the, that's the problem with Houston basketball. Could you see a trade for Jimmy Butler spicing up that team and maybe saving their season? Definitely. They'll they'll be that close to beating the Warriors. The proposed trade is Marquise Chris. Whoa. Brandon Knight. Whoa. Whoa. Eric Gordon. Gordon? Four first-round picks. That's it. I heard different. I heard Gordon I heard Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon was in there also? Yeah. Oh. Then that those three and four. I first didn't hear Brandon Knight. I heard. I heard Eric Gordon, Marquise Chris, and four first round yeah, picks. That was the trade. But if you throw in Brandon Knight, honestly, it doesn't. I mean, to be honest, they're giving up a lot either way. But they, I think they need to. I don't. Think I think four, it's necessary at this point. I don't think they're giving up a lot. Four first round picks and those, any of those three guys. It's not a lot for Jimmy Butler. Gordon's a big part of their team, though. Yeah, I agree, no, but, but in the the things that Eric Gordon can do, Jimmy Butler can do also, and then some. I get Eric Gordon's. Deeper shooter, uh, he provided a lot of good minutes for them in the playoffs, and he was getting them buckets when the defense was honing in on James Harden and Chris Paul. But I think Jimmy Butler can do the things that, that Eric Gordon no, does just I, differently. It's a lot, man. I mean, but like I say, my my opinion, go out and get him if you have a chance. Like, get him by any means. It don't matter what it is. Just go out and get him. Like, I feel like the Lakers should have did with Kawhi Leonard. But... On Houston's end, that's a lot to give up because it's every other year. So it's going to be a while until that trade is done if it did go down. Yeah, yeah but, but you mean you still have two superstars and say you had a third. Your pick's going to be pretty low. And we all know the reality of taking a guy that low in the draft. Is, well, it's four, it's four draft picks and it's every other year. That's as long as Chris Paul and Harden are going to be with the team, though. So Yeah, so imagine when those picks do wind up biting them at the end where – Chris Paul is done. James Harden is just it's okay. Only, it's probably only James Harden and Jimmy Butler on the team. If Jimmy Butler stays, and that's if yeah. he stays, so it could just be Harden, and they could be really bad, and it can hurt the butt. Look, I agree what you're saying. If they win a championship, it doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're that's going what it's to, all about. but so, I think that that getting Jimmy Butler is the only way that they can even think of contending. So far, the the. Uh, proposed trade is the first four, the four first round picks, and they're going to throw in one of those guys' salary just to make the salaries line up. If they can keep Gordon and get him, oh my God, do no, it! No, that'd be that'd be a steal. I mean, it's I mean they're going to Minnesota's probably going to lose him for nothing, so they really can't. I know, but I if I'm if I'm the Timberwolves, I force them to give me Eric Gordon. If I'm the Rockets, I don't see any other way. If I'm the Timberwolves, I'm not getting anything better back than Eric Gordon, in my opinion. I mean, but I mean, it's better if you get four first round picks than those guys. At least you got something. I mean, yeah, you, no, you, you like get that. the picks. You get the picks. You get Eric Gordon for now. You get the picks for later. The longer they wait, the more the more uh, leverage Houston's gonna have. That's the fact. They know Jimmy don't want to be there, and the longer they wait, maybe Cat. I mean, Cat's played one good game, and that's have, gonna be a championship caliber team. Taking even, taking like, Jimmy more. Butler's a, a gamble too, because you don't know if he's gonna stay. Same thing with Kawhi. You take that chance. I think you take that chance and go all for one. Day. Yeah, for one championship. Take it all day. I the only the only aspect I'm saying with with the draft picks and those players is that I wouldn't act like I wouldn't be a person to say, oh, they're just, they got them like for free. They got them. That's nothing. It is something. Yeah. I mean, it's not nothing. It's the you future. Know what I mean? That's it's a, that's it's a almost recent... as much as as Brooklyn gave up for two old guys. That's a completely different <laughs> it's, story. They're giving up the immediate future. But that's a big deal, man. I mean, the draft picks, yeah, 
one, two, okay, but that's four and mm-hmm. every other year. So it's not just four in a row; it's every other year. So it's gonna be a lot, a lot of years down the line that these oh, okay. draft picks are gonna be. I mean, I, but like like I said, you have a superstar, you have a chance to get him. Go get it. Yeah. Ass. What's this? What's the starting five with Jimmy Butler on the team? Uh, let's see. We'll go Paul Harden, Jimmy. Four would be probably PJ Tucker. Five would be Clint Capella. Yeah. That minus James Harden. That's four to five guys that can play elite defense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be a pain to deal with. It's like defense. they took Trevor Reza and just replaced him with Jimmy Butler. I mean, their, their bench would still struggle. But, I mean, to be honest, Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight hasn't suited up yet, neither is Marquise Chris. And I thought those guys would actually help them, but they haven't done anything so far. I know they're both, they are both injured, so, I mean, we'll see what happens when they come back. But I would say this, like I said last week about Jimmy Butler. If he has a problem with getting along with these guys, I think it's time to say that Jimmy Butler is a little deep locker room that's, cancer. That's the other gamble that you don't know. Because you do, look, there is some guys, the guys' egos you're dealing with. Number one, you're dealing with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And number two, you're going to be dealing with Melo. You don't All know right? if it's them or you don't know if it's him. So Asher. those three guys together, I mean, it, it, it could be a match made in heaven and they just, you know what, let's just go ball, let's win the championship. But or it could, it be could go down south really, really yeah. fast. And all ever since the uh, Rondo and Chris Paul scuffle, all the talk has been that Chris Paul is actually a bad teammate. Uh, I don't. I mean, I feel like that's just one of like the more unknown truths in the NBA because that's been like a thing for a while that he's not a good teammate. He's a jerk. He's an asshole. He is. He is yeah. an asshole. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, but that's the thing. Like, the general population will think, oh, Chris Paul's a nice guy. Oh, yeah, they see him on TV and State Farm. Or, the people on the inside, they, oh, they have a different story. Look, he, look at his house burned down in the commercial. He's so nice. The, um, thing, I, the <laughs> thing I come to, to the conclusion to is that on the court, he's I like his game. I mean, off the court, he's, he's I don't think he's asshole. necessarily a jerk. I think he's just a guy who demands a lot of people, and it's tough to play with that guy, you know? I mean, he basically... Yeah, because, I mean, people that say that... that it's a bad thing. I mean, that means, and you're a Kobe fan. It's like Kobe or was Jordan the, was, yeah, or Jordan. It's like those those two guys are the biggest demanding guys in probably sports history. But man. I mean, that's the thing. The majority of people that played with Kobe Bryant didn't say he's a terrible uh, teammate. Uh, terrible. Uh, Have uh, you ever heard Smush Parker talk about him? Uh, you wouldn't talk. You ever to heard Kwame Brown Who? talk about him? Let's, let's, Kwame Brown. Let's name some relevant talent. Smush Parker. I'm just kidding. Exactly. He's got, but, I mean, Kobe was always like, – I mean, Shaq. Shaq probably wouldn't say he was the best teammate when he was there. I mean, he ran Shaq out of town. When he was there, but what about now? I mean, I mean bygones Later bygones. on through – you're thinking of Kobe Bryant with Pau Gasol where he kind of learned and said, look, yeah, I can put up 81 and I can put up 65 game after game, but I got to learn how to get along with these guys. Agreed. And you yeah, think, he learned You don't think Chris Paul should be at that stage in his career yet? Where yeah, he, he definitely should. Well, there you go. That's the difference. But Kobe was a fucking asshole to play with, man. Nobody, there was there was literally a poll throughout the league that said the most unwanted player to play with was Kobe Bryant. I mean, Chris Paul's just that guy, man. He just demands a lot of people. That's who he is. And if he, if he loses that edge, maybe he's not Chris Paul, the great player we see all the time. But, I mean, I don't want to stake too much time on Houston. Uh, you want to move on to OKC? They're also another great start from them. 0-4. I thought the Lakers couldn't shoot. These motherfuckers can't shoot at all. But don't worry. They have Andre Roberson coming <laughs> Those, back. <laughs> they could not shoot at all, man. It's pretty bad. Their best shooter is Abrinas or whatever. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. Abrinas. Alex Abrinas. And Paul George has been real streaky this year. Paul George is 
just been putting up a lot. They of are so bad in late game situations. They take terrible shots, just awful shots. That's your boy Russell. That's your boy Russell, Danny. See, what it's you, not just me, Danny. I ain't saying anything. What you got to say about about Russell? Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, is anyone? I'm, no, I'm not surprised. Society, he's still a great player, man. Yeah. It's just he's struggling right now. He needs he needs to help. Yeah, he needs help. It's funny because like they have him play off ball with Schroeder, and he just spots up, and the defense is just like. And to be oh, honest, go ahead, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and let's be fair. He's only been he only played two games this year. Three. Three. I mean, that's a big him, difference. Give him, yeah, plus forty eight. Still, he's yeah. he's gonna put up his numbers. But yet. I mean, like, be fine. but I mean, if he don't got the ball in his hand, he's such an off ball, like nothing. He can't do crap off ball, and that's the fact. And that's what they're trying to get him better. Their team just can't shoot though, man. Like, oh, I yeah. think that's the biggest problem. They Steven can't shoot. At, I do like Jeremy Grant's brought. Paul George has been so inconsistent, especially just shooting behind the line and. You know, me and Danny are gonna we're working on something because we're gonna take a little head-to-head article on Paul George versus Russell Westbrook. Who you want shooting that last shot? So we're working on that. We're gonna publish it what this week, Danny? Just, yep. Just on a little side note, but I think that's like the main topic playing their team is like who's the guy? Because they like they try to play hero ball. They have like no idea like what to do. It's just like oh, we're gonna jack up a shot. Yeah, the one thing I saw on what was that Thursday when they played Boston, Boston, and choked away. They that scored lead. one point. In four minutes, the last four minutes of the game, they only scored one point. Russell Westbrook was 0 for 7 in the fourth quarter. Paul George was 0 for 2. I'm sorry, Paul George. You need the ball more than two damn shots. But even before that, but like we talked about, yeah. But like we talked about, maybe there's a little, maybe there is that side to Paul George. But you don't want it. I I think I think he needs to get the ball a little more and just see what he can do. He's gonna give it to Russell Westbrook. That's why he wanted. That's why Russell Westbrook likes him. Because he knows he'll he'll just hand it right back to him. Who does that team really have? When you when you get get down to the nitty gritty of the game and you need a bucket, who does that team have? Paul George, Russell Westbrook. I know. Besides them. Oh oh, uh, they got Jeremy Grant, but I mean he's just more of a high energy gonna... defender. Stephen Adams is an offensive nothing. Great, he's a good player. It should be Russell. That's all you need, man. You got Paul George and Russell Westbrook. But if I'm the defense, if I'm the coach defending that team, I just say, just watch those two guys. <sighs> watch the other guys matter. miss. Great players. Who great, the Pistons got? Great players always wind up finding a shot, man. Reggie Bullock. I don't know. They don't. They got Blake Griffin. But that's Andre not. We're not talking but, about the Pistons. I know, but I mean that problem faces all teams. Dude, Kobe Bryant lot. had that problem for years. You go into a game plan. Well, Kobe's gonna try to score. Yeah, you. You can try to stop him all you want. He's going to get his. That's different. Kobe's no, it's not different. Time. I think the concept's the same. Like I, like you're, you're saying, who do they got? That problem faces a lot of NBA teams, who they got, and they still make it work. The Pistons have made it work. Who's Milwaukee got besides Giannis and Middleton? Look, you want to crown. Brogdon can hit a shot Look, at the end of a game. Oh, my God. Malcolm Brogdon? Come on, dude. He's a, he and Minabrinus are a push shooting at the end of games. A lot of guys can make a last-second shot. Look at Udonis Haslam. <laughs> 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 Who's Denver got? Jokic and who? Gary Harris. Jamal Murray. I trust those guys shooting the last shot. Three guys, man. So what? I mean, every Three's team faces that two. problem. but they you need at least three. But there's a pecking order. In the Oklahoma City, there's no pecking order. They don't know what the fuck to do. They need more firepower. That's my point. They shouldn't have traded Melo. Okay, that's a different story. They should have kept Melo. Look, they yeah they do need, they do need some more depth and okay, they yeah they do firepower need some more guys. firepower is most important in the end of games and you need a clutch shot. 
Am I wrong? Look, you said last second shot. The ball's going to go to Paul I said George nitty-gritty as in the, not just the last shot. I'm talking about the last couple plays, like the last two, three minutes of basketball. You need guys that can hit shots. Yeah, you also need your superstars to hit shots. <laughs> I agree. And those, those two idiots, but not it's a Paul lot. George isn't the superstar. It's a lot harder to hit those shots when the defense is zoning in on just you because no one else can do anything. That's all defenses do at the end of games. They zone in on the best players. Great players find a way, man. Stop making excuses for these guys. That's just a Not making excuses. Ex- it I'm is just an saying excuse. it's harder. I'm just it saying is it's harder. An, of course it's hard. You're in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, you a superstar. Be a man. What did you say last year? What, what, what was his rank among point guards? I don't remember. Number two. Okay. You want to be the number two point guard in the league? You fucking make clutch shots, man. I don't care if three guys are guarding. You fucking make it. Has he never made a clutch shot in his life before or something? Yes, he has. Well, there you so he can. Where okay. is he now? So he's just continue it. Okay, because everyone hits every clutch shot, right? No, it's just you got to be sure you can be clutch in big moments. I mean, if you hit one shot, he's not. Cl- I look, don't think Russell Westbrook's a clutch player. Look, I'm not saying he's not clutch. All I'm saying is the excuse you're making for him as far as we need to get other guys that can make clutch shots. It's like you have that guy. There's teams around the league that don't have a guy like him. I think we should move on from this heated debate where you two are gunning for each other. It's always Russell Westbrook that gets us fired up. I know. People like that guy. I don't know why. People will die for that guy because he's so loyal. That loyalty is really rewarding the thunder. I know, right? Over four. All right, moving on. We got a little, what did you call this, a gross topic to talk about? The spit gate? Talking about talking about the bad person Chris Paul is. He got spat on by Rajon Rondo and got socked out by Brandon Ingram. You guys want to talk about that? For I me? love it. It's fantastic. Oh, I yeah. love every part of it. Do you really think that you spit on him on purpose? Oh yeah. Don't yeah, no don't doubt. Know, don't care. No it, doubt. I, I like it though. I love it. This NBA we these kids are playing and it's so soft. Like I know I'm not an old guy, but I I remember the early 2000s where you could actually hit a guy and. It was okay. Back then, spitting was the least of your worries. Yeah, I mean, like, these guys right here think they got a bat. Oh, they, they want to review every foul. It's flagrant foul. Like, man. I completely understand why Brandon Ingram was getting that heated. The first of all, calls that James Harden gets, man, is. First of all, he gets ran into an elbow, oh and they call the God. foul on him. Then Harden has the audacity to, oh, why didn't you call that? I'm a yeah. fake player. And then Brandon Ingram just was like, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then Harden. Hey, Brandon Ingram shows some fucking feistiness, bro. That dude should retire and become a boxer with that reach, bro. <laughs> yeah. That fool's ridiculous. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this topic, but I just, you know, I thought it was nice to see some physicality. Maybe that ignites a rivalry. I want to see a team get into a rivalry. Like the 76ers and Celtics, it's just like, they're not even like doing anything. They just talk crap on social media. It's like OKC somebody punched somebody. Okay, see in Golden State. When have they ever got into like a argument or like what KD and they bark at each other? But like I want to see somebody get hit in the face. That's I want to see some hard shoving. That's not gonna happen today. I don't give a damn. Hey, it happened. Yeah, it happened. Rondo happened. happened. Shoving? Okay. Rondo socked when, down Chris. When's Ball. the last time you've seen anything like this? Last Sunday or last Saturday? Besides that, obviously. oh never. Yeah. Exactly. Not That's for what a long I'm time. saying. Last time I saw was when Roy Hibbert attacked Steph Curry and threw him into the first row. That's why I'm saying it's been years and it's going to be years till we see something like it again. It's just I not going to happen. Every, I the majority <laughs> of people do, but the NBA doesn't. They don't want fighting. The NBA and its market is younger kids and younger kids' parents 
aren't going to want their kids watching a bunch of grown men beat each other up like that. So they're not going to they're not going to allow it. Soft. I Yeah, it's soft to us, but not <laughs> soft to those parents, not soft to the people that make money for the NBA. Speaking of where the NBA is headed, I think we should go ahead and talk about the refs and the freedom of movement rule. How hot was that transition? For our fans, go ahead and explain freedom of movement, Max. Uh, freedom of movement rule is say you see a guy moving without the ball in the cut, the defense is no longer allowed to impede his progress in any way or it's a foul because that's what the NBA was really struggling with was physicality before this rule came out. I thought like the last few years it's been like perfect of let him play and foul. Like I never, I didn't think it was a problem. I don't know who thought it was a problem, but I guess the NBA just wants more points. And doesn't that, isn't that what we all want? More points? Because we don't have enough of those. What say you guys? I think what the NBA needs is more defense. But that doesn't sell tickets, guys. You're we right. gotta put people. We gotta get these little kids involved. We want to see Steph Curry shooting fifty shots, and he can't get what, hurt. What we're, what we we all you know we we moan about it and we don't like it. But what it really comes down to is, and the we don't like it, but this is what it comes down to. NBA is a business. People make money off that, and the people that are at the top who need that money to get their millions and millions of dollars off the NBA. They're thinking. What can I do? What can we do to make this a product that resembles highlight tapes for 48 minutes? Because that's what everyone's watching on social media, on Instagram, on YouTube. They're watching the highlights. And so they want the best dunks and the most threes and the most offense so that everyone can watch it. So that they have more more people buying tickets, more people you know, subscribing to NBA League Pass, more people watching every team and not just the best teams. So that they can get the most money in their pocket. It's a business as much as it is a sport. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. It's, I mean, the NBA is continuously sacrificing the integrity of basketball as a game just for ratings, and I'm really, I'm really annoyed with it. I don't know how you guys. I mean, Danny, I know how you feel. One, what do you think? I mean, offense, offense is gonna sell tickets. Offense is gonna get the ratings. It's pretty much in all. You see it in all sports. You don't really see it in just in the NBA. It's in football. It's, in, it's even in, in hockey. I mean, a lot of guys that watch hockey, uh, there used to be a guy called the Enforcer, you know, a.k.a. the Goon. You don't really have guys like that. You have more skilled guys that can actually skate and can actually shoot. You know what I mean? Same thing in basketball. The big man who just sets screens and plays defense is really non-existent. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to shoot a little bit. You got to be able to do a lot of things. You can't just be a tough guy out there, you know, enforcer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have to have some skill to you. Same thing in football. Who's the last guy you can think of that was like the enforcer for a team? Matt Barnes. That's exactly who I was thinking of. He was like the most unenforcer. Enforcer. (laughs) Unenforcer, forcer. That's exactly who I was thinking of. I mean, he's just like, I mean, I always thought he was a. Fake tough guy. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can say but what you want. But he stood up for his teammates. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would give him that. He did stand up for his teammates. He pretended to throw the ball at Kobe's face. That was cool. You want those guys on your he team. Really you want emotional. the guy that will stand up for your teammate. To be honest, I mean, Reggie Evans was kind of that guy. I mean, he didn't get in a lot of fights, but he was a tough guy. And I would, I'd rather not. I mean, really, he only had two jobs, and that's play defense and get rebounds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those guys are dead. Like, everyone. And he did both of them well. Yeah. Now you got to do a little bit like, okay, like for instance, like Steven Adams, man, he can do a lot of stuff. He can move his feet off pick and roll defense. You know what I mean? He can really cut to the basket hard. And he has, you know, he has a little bit more to his game than the typical like enforcer in the NBA back he's, in the 90s. And he's like, agile and nimble for, yeah. for I think all You have to have some skill now. All those like one role guys have just transitioned to, okay, we can just shoot the hell out of the ball and stretch the floor. That's like the only two, like Ryan Anderson's. The um, 
like Kelly Olenek's, like all those guys do is just stretch the court out. Like the, that's like the enforcer now. It's like, oh, instead of having this guy who's like tough, gets rebounds and plays physical, it's like we'll just get a floor spacing guy. That's all they want. Yeah, they're having guys that's just more skilled and making the game a lot tougher for you to play defense. And like I said, it's happening in all sports, man. It's I mean, they're they're screwing sports. over the defenders. Like it's ridiculous. Like I even see- in even in um in in football with the with the rough and the passer. I mean, mm-hmm. before you can just run like a guy with with his hair on fire and hit the quarterback with no remorse. Now you have to think about it. Should I hit this guy low or should I and hit this guy part, high? And it's part of it is just keeping those guys on the field because everyone mm-hmm. knows most te- anyone who thinks of an NFL team, the most likely thought for the player is the quarterback. Yeah. Danny and doesn't know thing. anything about football. Danny, who's the best player on the Rams? Who do you think of when you think of the Rams? Jared Goff. <laughs> I'm not. We didn't rehearse that. <laughs> but I mean, rehearsed. that's just a fact. But you know anyone me, else? Me not knowing, it's all quarterback. Me so. not knowing football. Yes, the quarterback is he's the money maker. I mean, yeah. you need him on. You need him on the field. And, and it's the same thing for basketball. Yeah. Everyone wants to see the stars. James Harden pull up for thirty. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see James Harden struggle for ten. Can you imagine? I do. Can <laughs> you imagine does. now James Harden trying to play in old old rules? Oh my God! How he many get, points would he score? What's he average Less now? Less than 30? ten. Wow. Okay. I don't think that. I mean, the I way think he get plays, like the way cool eighteen. If I put, put someone that could hand check him and play him oh, up yeah. super high and that's agile, he's not scoring he, more he than he ten points. He would just points. be a lot more perimeter based and all that floater shit in his playmaking. A lot making. of the guys that that people say, oh, he can he cannot play in that era. I mean, I think the really great players will be able to to fit in though i think they would they will change their game of course yeah the way that they're playing the game now it's nearly impossible to play like that back in the day i think steph curry could play just because he's a really popular one yeah, but i just don't think game. i don't think he'd survive if he wanted to attack the rim like that like no. i think he'd just get killed i think i think they're great enough players though especially steph curry james harden's kind of on the probably on a little bit closer the only thing i worry about with players is just like guys like curry who have been injury prone I don't trust them to stay healthy in that era because that's when guys were, like, coming after you. But, like, LeBron, he's fine. Of course. And there's, like, the big guys you don't – like, the big player, like Kobe, he'll be fine because he can take all that punishment. And, and the freedom to move, man. I mean, even playing basketball with me growing up, I was always learning if a guy's going through the lane, fucking touch him. Check him, yeah. yeah it's check called checking ass. a cutter. Yeah, all the time, man. That's what you were taught, even as a kid. And, I mean, like, they've kind of shored up on the legal screens. But, man, I still see, like, the offense just going crazy with just, like, screening guys, just trying to get people open. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to stay like that. And I man. just think it's a double standard. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll let that slide because it's offense. We need that ratings. I mean, look, Miami Heat are 21st in scoring. They're averaging 109 points a game. That's, That's crazy. Like, I remember the only time the Lakers would score 130 points back in the day was, like, humongous blowouts. But the majority of the game were, like, 90 to 100. But now, now it's like they say, like, first one to hit 100 is more like first one to hit 120. Yeah, exactly. I was I was looking at, like, scores at the end of the day, and I saw, I don't remember what day it was, but the Mavs scored 140 points in the game. The Mavs? The Mavs. Who they got scoring 140 points? Yeah, Besides Donkage? Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, who they really got scoring like that? I mean, yeah, I mean, the way the NBA is just was. And honestly, one thing I don't think anyone thought about with this movement, uh, freedom of movement rule, was like it really screws with the flow of the game. The, yeah, the whistle is blown so much. Down. And I think you can you can see the frustration of it on on the faces of the players because the game is just stopping. The game, the, it's not moving anymore. There's no f- fluidity to it now more than ever. Absolutely, I mean. I, what 
when will this stop? When the NBA sacrifices the integrity of basketball. People were arguing that Hack-A-Shack slowed down the game. Freedom of movement is going to slow it down twice as much. I agree. I mean, like, but the one thing I'll say about the Hack-A-Shack, when they Hack-A-Shack, Shaq, it was because they couldn't stop Shaq. Yeah. Everyone else is like, we can't stop your team. Just a really quick point I've always thought was interesting. It's like, who's afraid of Andre Drummond? Like, nobody. DeAndre Jordan, he ain't doing shit. But, I mean, that's just the reality of the NBA. We're going to continue to sacrifice what basketball is, the physicality, just so these light guys can just stay healthy and just score and get more viewership. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Expansion Team Podcast. Uh, Go ahead and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Expansion Team Podcast and on Twitter at Expansion Team 3. This is Scoops. I'm gone. You want no plug to your guys' Scoops and Hoops? You know, we always got the plug. So, yeah. Plug that in, player. Yeah, as always, follow us on Scoops and Hoops on Instagram. It's me and Danny. We'll be writing. We got articles coming out weekly. We got some hot ones coming out this week. I don't want to spoil it. But our boy Blake Griffin made an appearance from his great play. Uh, we're working on the website, me and Juan, for the expansion team. We're going to have articles on there, too. And that's about it, man. Come on. You know what? I'm taking a page out of Juan's book. Let's go, Eagles, man. I need you all to prove Fuck something to me. the Eagles. Hey, Shut man. Can I, can I live, John Gruden boy? Thank God Gruden ain't coaching in the Lakers. He'd be trading everybody. (laughs) But, no, I mean, you know, thanks for listening, y'all. Appreciate it. This is Max. I'm signing out. Yo, this is Juan signing out. Just a reminder, guys, appreciate all the love, all the support that we get from the podcast, all the support we get from Scoops and Hoops and Max's articles and all the stuff that you guys do. Greatly appreciate it. I'm out. Go Raiders. Peace.